I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of ButcherBox, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. <laughs> Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al-Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain... Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. Ooh, this month is wow oh maze why do you say that supercharge it (laughs) so that this promo can remain evergreen i feel like explaining a little bit more in 60 seconds i don't know maybe i don't bring attention to assuring people like look if you listen you're gonna get it just give it give it time that's a good promo just listen to it give it time you'll figure it out is this the promo right now isn't it okay i think we got it wherever you get podcasts (laughs) Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. We are here, Lord, we are here, and we're ready, ready to podcast. Hiya, I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we give our mega church... Ooh, a tiny family feel. And per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. The news is all bad, but the good news is... All, all gospel. Yeah, that's right, Allie. How are you? I am blessed per usual. How are you doing? How are your kids who come to Climax? Allie, I had an amazing weekend in Climax. Awesome. So just to set it up a little bit, I had to take an emergency phone call that uh, issue I'm dealing with right now with uh, my lady friend, Malady. But I knew I had to step away for maybe, you know, 10, 10 minutes to two hours. And I had a big, you know, climax uh, meetup going on. And so I didn't want to just cancel it. So what I did, and I don't like to name names, but it was uh, Tomigan Balenciager, uh, Jewel Bateman, Hmm. and that's Jewel with two U's, and then, I can never remember this kid's name, Chris White. That's right. It's just kind of a forgettable name. Anyway, I, I, I went to them and I said, hey guys, you're my three most dedicated seniors, and I'm gonna leave you in charge. Because you are the ones that really know what's up with Climax, you're totally on fire for Christ, and you're popular. Cool. So I took the phone call and just, you know, Hallie, I was definitely saying a few prayers because I never really left them without an adult chaperone before. 
And after I took the phone call and it ended up being almost two hours, I came back and Hallie, it was perfect. <gasps> what happened? Well, they were unbelievably organized. Oh. They said they, first they took the whole group and they divided them into sections based okay. on, first on age, experience, and then things like general appearance and ability. Okay. And then they made section leaders for each section. Mm. And they said, you know, if you can keep your section under control, then you get candy. Oh. And if you don't, <laughs> then you have to hold a stress position for a long time while we play various tracks off the new Semla record in a dark room. Oh, cool. And I looked at them and I said, wait, guys, what do you mean? This seems, this seems a bit severe. And they said, no, no, no. Look, if you're bad, you got to do the bad stuff, you know, the stress positions, etc. But... The way we keep them in line is when you have these deputies of their of their sections, they went around and kept their whole section in line. They were absolutely just using their power for good. And it, Hallie, it was like going into a, a, a boot camp or something. It was awesome. <laughs> so cool. I, I'm sorry, what's a stress position? Oh, I think it's kind of like they have to be fetal with, uh, they have to be completely fetal with their hands above their head oh. uh, or something. Okay. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really know anything okay. about that. Roger that. But when I said, hey, guys, where did you get these methods? And they said, well, we, we studied it in school. We're <gasps> taking a sociology class. Lord of the Flies? And actually, no, it's Hallie, weirdly, it's something they came up with at Stanford. What? And I was like... Oh, I thought Stanford was a university, and they said, no, it's actually a prison. And I thought, this is amazing. And they basically said, humans, if you put somebody in charge, they will make sure that they stay in charge and make sure everybody under them is doing the right thing. Oh, cool. And so it just, it, it was just so inspiring me. To, it was so inspiring to me, Hallie, that, you know, I can trust these kids. I can put them in positions of leadership. And when you do... They take the ball and run with it. And they had that youth group running like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> that is so cool. That's inspiring. It really is. Especially for a bunch of kids who are probably coming from public school and getting their brains poisoned and all That's of that. Right. Well, I think a little bit of this discipline could, could and should be used in public school. And so, you know, I point to my youth group now and I'm saying it is, <laughs> look, I've got these section leaders. I've got the, one of them calls himself the warden. And I think that was Chris. And uh, <laughs> and so they just, you know, they have it ship shape. I basically have to do no disciplinary action now. Oh, I've heard of something. It's either a movie or a theory or a, yeah, I, I bet it, it's probably a philosophical theory like Marxism or whatever that is. It, like the Stanford's prison experiment. Basically, it means that like if someone is a good leader, they'll rise to the challenge. That's right. <laughs> if, if they are a good leader, they're going to make sure that they are employing the best tactics and, and methods to really keep that leadership intact. See, I just love that true Christianity, the real walk with Christ and commitment to the Bible and taking it literally is not intellectual suicide. It's just not. <laughs> and, and I really got to give it up and praise him for that one. 
Isn't that right? And that reminds me, speaking of real strong, uh, wonderful, uh, masculine leadership, there was one time in a staff meeting, a leadership meeting actually, where I popped off at the mouth. I might have been stumbling in my own pride or some such, and I said something stupid, and Steve stopped the meeting. This is a true leader. He made everyone gather around me, and I had to sort of sit on the floor, and everyone stood around me, and they all mentioned either a character flaw or a physical trait of mine that they found to be negative or unappealing, and they all all gave that to me in a word basket of criticism from Steve. And I have not slipped up in a meeting since. It just shows how powerfully effective that kind of vision is. It really is. I mean, because if you think about it, Christ didn't uh, Christ didn't go to the one sheep that went astray and say like, hey, you stay out there, do your own thing in the field, in the meadow, and prance around like a little lamb. No, he said, you're coming with me, right? Yeah. You're coming with me back to the flock. And I love that. Back here where you're safe and where we can, uh, you know, shear you and, and eventually eat you. And, and, um, and you know, I bet wait. sometimes, and I bet when Jesus went and got that sheep, I bet he wasn't just like, hey, you're awesome. I bet he was like, you're being a dumb little idiot and you're going to get back here. Yeah, back here where we can shear you and... Yeah, I don't think I don't. I don't Isn't that it's just why a parable, people Hallie. have? Okay, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Jesus enjoyed a last supper, our guest today is going to help you get a God-fearing supper on the table. It is my pleasure to introduce Lisette Brussels. How you doing, my friend? Welcome to the program. I am so blessed to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled. I'm just, I don't know. I'm quivering over here. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so excited to talk about food. It's one of my favorite subjects. That I is can talk right. about it all day. Yep. Oh, well, we, we will keep you here talking about it because something that people need to know is Lisette is, what, what would you call yourself, sort of the shepherd of every recipe that has ever passed through the doors of this church? You are getting your hands on and you are putting it every year into one of the most, I would say, anticipated cookbooks yeah. in all of the Christian world. Or author? Right? Do we say cookbook author? Yeah, do we author? say, do we what say do we author? What do we you? call you? Well, you know, if you wanted to call me an author, I'm not about to stop you. A best-selling <laughs> you know? author, I would say, honestly. The book that I put together is the book to have in our church. I mean, not taking anything away from the Bible sure. itself, but you yeah, know, yeah. I'm hoping that the second book on everyone's list is Feast and Fellowship, oh. uh, which is the book that I put together full of recipes from our own church members. And uh, let me tell you, there are some mouthwatering morsels and delicious dishes to be had because we got some talented cooks in our church. And you know what, Lisette? I don't know about you, and I don't know if this makes me a busybody, saw me in half, <laughs> but I feel like reading certain people's recipes gives us an insight into their character, their tastes. You know, it's almost like going through somebody's garbage. It's like, oh, well, Edith Blackburn has a layered dip that doesn't have any mayonnaise. And I want to say, where does she get off? Well, you're thinking to yourself, mayonnaise is the perfect layer and you layer it into everything. So yeah, there are definitely some adventurous recipes in there. Um, I, I've got to tell you, one thing that always tickles me is seeing who, who submits recipes that are pretty much the same. You know, it's almost like wearing the same dress as someone else to a party. Oh no! You've got Lizzie Walton's chili con carne. And then, oh. you know, Teresa Updike over here has got exactly the same recipe. And what do you do? So oh. I kind of just list both of their names under that same recipe. And it brings people together. You know, it's sort of like if I'm eating pineapple and Miracle Whip on my dinner table every night and this person over here is eating the same thing, well, then now we've got something in common and we're not so frightened of each other anymore. 
Isn't that right? That's the unity that Jesus brings, if you ask me. It's such a great thing that you have this cookbook because you've been doing this for, I would say, what, 10 or 15 years now. And it always used to be 16, called the 16, 16, years, 16, 16 wow. editions. Wow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it always yeah. used to be called just, you know, Twin Hills Community Church cookbook. Um, but but since you've rebranded uh, and I've noticed that now it's being published by Zondervan, which is a big awesome. Christian publisher, which is awesome. awesome. That is right. And actually, you can find it on uh, several websites sites for sale, including a big one you might know is Amazon.com. Awesome. Oh, excellent. Yeah, oh, wow. you can I'm buy, right you can buy gotten... Feast and Fellowship, Lisette Brussels Feast and Fellowship on Amazon. <laughs> and that's exciting for me. That is so awesome. And when it comes to the proceeds, are you able to give those back to the church? Yeah, you know, that's what this cookbook truly is all about. I gather the, like you said before, and I love this, I'm a shepherd of the recipes. The recipes are like little lambs, and I lead them directly into those pages and I, I tuck them in and I, and I, and I, yeah, I, I do the, the proceeds are, well, you know, this, that's of course all handled by lawyers, um, at this point because we have grown a lot and, uh, it used to be, I, I'm not exactly sure of the, uh, the breakdown because I'm also paying for my own personal costs and, um, you know, the costs that go into just the massive undertaking that is gathering these recipes from all over our church. Um, so, so yes, the, a poor portion of the proceeds do go back into the church. Okay. That is so cool. And I just have to say, by getting there on that Amazon uh, list, that is a way to be in the world and not of the world. You know what I mean? We're going to sneakily get all these secular humanists eating Christian food, and the next thing you know, they're welcoming God into their life. And I just really, I have to really um, pat you on the back or prop you up and just give you a, a, a real shout out for really, um, this is such a cool, I, I shouldn't say sneaky, I should say strategic way in the same way like the Republican Party has to be strategic about who votes you know it's not just like everybody vote it's like no only the good people should vote that's in the same so true way, it's like only the good Christians should be talking about food or anything frankly yes I absolutely agree with that and you know as well as I do that people who are not Christians and specifically people who are outside of this region might not know what's good yeah. <laughs> you know as <laughs> far right. as food goes they they might not understand the way that we like to cook things or the ways in which we pile it or assemble it. And that's something that I really want to send out to the far corners of the earth. You know, what uh -huh. if there's someone who's who's starving yeah. in another country and they don't understand that you might be able to combine um, pineapple with American cheese and, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. just layer it with some vinegar and sugar, and you might be surprised with how delicious it is. Well, maybe they've got both those things lying around and they just haven't thought to combine them, and that's why they're going hungry. You know, I thought the organizational quality of how you did the cookbook this year was amazing. Instead of doing meat, a vegetable, etc., you did it in, let's see, you've got flats, piles, mm -hmm balls. And so you're kind of going on shapes of food or, or, and then you've got mounds. And I think that's so interesting because I think a lot of times people tubes, would go tubes, rolls, mm -hmm. and yes, squares, right. and people are going, you know, tonight, I don't, I, I'm not thinking meat, vegetable. I'm thinking I'd like a pile and a ball and a mound. Yep. What are some, yep, yep, what yep. are some different? I need something flat. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly, you know what? I think it was, uh, I think it was William Shakespeare who said, we eat with our eyes first. And so awesome. what I'm trying to do is get a bunch of shapes together on the table that's going to be visually appealing to a family. And, you know, for example, you might you might have a log, like let's say you have a ham log. Well, over here, you've got some spikes and that's um, some asparagus spears just stuck straight up in sort of a hardened melange of jello. 
and mayonnaise, and that's your salad. And then over here, you've got a pile, and that's sort of like a thick and chunky soup. Um, and maybe that, let's see, we've got, we've got our ham, we've got our greens. So maybe the soup has... Um, I don't know, banana, banana chunks. Maybe it's got um, some skim milk because a lot of us are watching our figures. But it's sort of like a sweet and and hearty soup that we can uh, we can eat along with the rest of that. So I just I'm trying to combine all the different shapes together. And when you do that, I think you're going to find that the flavors are not far behind. I said it's innovative. I love it's that. I, I don't think I've ever seen a soup plated in quite that way that you can sort of mound up the soup on a, a platter like that, and then everyone just can kind of dip in. Oh, I've told people, I've said, you know, don't invest in bowls. Don't invest in bowls. Invest in platters because what you're going to want is a mound. People people like to look at food and think there is too much of that. I'm going to get in there. No one wants to think, oh, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm just going to have a single serving of something. Someone wants to think, someone wants to look at a pile of food and think, I need to help with that. They yes. need help. Oh, and I want to get in there. I'm going to dive right in. It's giving Speaking me- of which... I don't think I've received either of your recipes from my call for submission. (laughs) I keep a very detailed list of who has responded and who has not. And I'm just wondering when I can expect to see those recipes from you two. Oh, it's on my to-do list. I've been meaning to do this for weeks because um, I really, because I'm honestly, if I can be honest with you, Lisette, I think I'm putting too much pressure on it. I feel like I'm going to be judged based on my recipe and I'm putting too much pressure on it, but I should just pick something that is like a, a, a household staple in the Levant house, maybe. Yeah. What would that be, Hallie? Well, you know what? This is giving me good language, uh, Lisa. Honestly, d- to talk to my kids, uh, to have better conversations with my kids surrounding food, because my kids will give me a hard time. They'll be like, "Mom, everything in this whole meal is white, and we're supposed to be eating colorful food—greens and, and oranges and whatever." And, and because, like, to me, the perfect meal is fettuccine alfredo, a cheesy breadstick, maybe followed by a snickerdoodle. So what? It's all white. It's a mound. It's a tube, and it's a circle. So there is well, variety. Can I give you a tip? Yes. Can I just give you a tip about including colors in your meals? Mm-hmm. Because I've certainly run into that same problem before. You want something that's all the same color. Maybe you just want a plate that's hot and brown. Yep. But one thing that I can help you with is a great way to add color is just suspending whatever you want to make in jello. So let's say you've got Salisbury steak. Just get, okay, citrus jello always works well with the flavors of gravy and beef. So let's say you put some Salisbury steak chunks with some sliced celery in that lime or lemon jello. You put it out on a table. You've got a surprise that people can't wait to just destroy. Yes. <laughs> and and it's like a preservative. And it, 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 so then you can leave it out a long time and it's fine. Like my kids will say, why does every single casserole have to be slathered in mushroom soup? Or why does every cold salad have to be, um, you know, uh, covered in mayonnaise? And I'm like, because it preserves it longer. That's it's exactly not just right. about the great flavor. There's a strategy here. So maybe that's what I will do. Lisette, I should just stop uh, be, putting too much pressure on it. And I'm going to, I'm going to submit my, my Fettuccine Alfredo that's heavy on the parm, by the way. I hope you like cheese because I do a heavy parm in the fettuccine sauce and also on and also on top. Um, so I'll do that one. Well, you know, my my uh, my husband, Rodney, used to say, Lissette, I think you're mostly made of cheese. Awesome. <laughs> and I said, thank you. That's a compliment. Cheese is my favorite food. Yeah. So is the moon. And God made that. Now, what would you make, Gray? I know he likes a lot of proteins. Oh, you know, the thing that I'm really interested in right now is how do you get more protein in a protein? Oh. And so I've been doing a thing with, I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but my friend. 
Claymation Bannerman, um, where we take a pork loin and I'll roll it in a creatine dust. And that actually forms kind of a crusty outside shell to it and really keeps the flavor locked in. And so maybe that would, I could include that in a tube or actually something in, I also noticed you had a category for dust and particulate. Uh, that's, foods. that's very true. Um, you know, dust in particular is, a, is an important component to a many recipes. I think I would, I would, um, I categorize what you just mentioned in more of like a log rather than okay. a tube because you think of a tube being stuffed with something oh, and see. a log is really more solid. But I can't say that I've ever heard of um, creatine, but I do I do support dusts of all kinds. I've been known to, to grind a, a flavorful cereal into a crust for a meat or, awesome. you know, you can use pork rinds, corn chips, potato mm. chips, oh. corn flakes, um, anything of that nature. And if you dip pretty much anything moist in that, you're going to have a real flavor winner. So if creatine is anything like those things, I'm definitely willing to try it. But I will say, looking at you, I think you might need a little bit more meat on your bones. Well, I mean, you look well, quite wiry, but you know, <laughs> where's, the, where's the padding for the long winter that is to come? That's right. Which I mean the tribulations. Oh, okay. that's true. Too. What do we say wiry? Anyway, I do want to point out before we get uh, into some of maybe your favorite recipes from the mm. cookbook this year, is how did you get so interested in food? and recipes. Uh, did you grow up in France or something like that? Uh, nope. Just right here in the heartland is oh, uh, really? where I grew up. And I, um, you know, I, I was always interested in cooking and chefery, awesome. <laughs> as I like to say. That's not a word, but I like to say it anyway. Um, and I, I've always been fascinated with uh, the ways in which we can bring people together over food. And then, you know, I, I used to always contribute to the potlucks for a while. I was having that... Um, Fondue Fridays event at the church. I don't know if I you love two might be Fridays. too young to remember that. <laughs> oh no! But I, I would just it. set up a crock pot. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm so glad you've brought up crock pots because I think they're so important, and it's a very God honoring kitchen appliance. Yes. And because I can't tell you the amount of times I've started to preheat the oven, and I say, you know what? If Jesus comes back this is going to be left on in the apocalypse and our house could blow up, uh, you know? And so I've really, I, I think no bake cookies, that's what I'll submit. I think no bake cookies are very God honoring. That's a Christ centered cookie because you don't even turn on the oven. He could come back at any second. There's no reason to bake these because they're called no bakes and we can have a nice little chocolate and oatmeal flavoring as we, you know, search the skies with our eyes for his return. But um, I do think a crock pot is very God honoring in that you, you're sort of, um, who's got the time to spend a lot of time focused on all your food when we have to be prepared for the second coming? And so if you can just throw stuff in a crock pot, then if we do make it to dinner without his return, then there is something to eat, but you didn't have to, you know, take your eyes off the skies, so to speak. That's so true. And that's why I think a lot of these ingredients that we tend to use, uh, such as your Miracle Whips, your Velveetas, oh, um, you know, your marshmallow fluffs, oh. your, your just marshmallows in general, these are shelf stable items that frankly, I don't even know if they can go bad. And so that's part of the reason I like to use them because let's say I'm taken up in the middle of making a batch of your no-bake cookies, Hallie. Well, then I've got a pantry full of shelf-stable items that can be just melted down together to make something delicious.
suspicious. And even if someone happens upon my home two years after I'm raptured, they're still going to be able to find something tasty to eat. And that's my gift to them. And I noticed that in the cookbook here, it says if you do leave some of these, because you've got a lot of, uh, I guess, in piles are kind of referenced in the crockpot method. But you do say that if the pile is left in the crockpot for maybe too long, then it, then you just move that over to the slabs category. And then you've got slabs that can be cut up and used or whatever and you know, serve more as a casserole or something. That's exactly right. Or you could take that slab, roll it out real thin, roll it around something else, and then you've got a tube. I mean, this is the thing too. All of these shapes can easily be transmogrified into a different shape. And uh, cool. that's sort of something that uh, that I think is, is kind of fun about food. Sometimes you look at it and you think, well, I'm a creator too, just like our Lord was. I'm here. I, I'm here with my loaves and my fishes. You are such a beautiful example of the generosity of spirit that Christians have, that you're stocking your pantry basically with food that will never go bad so that once the uh, people who didn't know Christ are wandering around in the tribulation under all of the torment of the Antichrist and whatnot, they'll be able to ransack your house and get some good ingredients. And speaking of these wonderful ingredients, you mentioned the marshmallow fluff, you mentioned the Velveeta. I'm drooling right now just even thinking about it. And I was wondering, based on those things, is there a common ingredient to all these Christian, to all these Twin Hillers submissions? Is there anything that feels like, it, you know, like, wow, this is really a Twin Hills staple? Yeah, what's the go-to? Well, let me tell you one of my favorites that I see a lot every year. That is sausage cake. Yes. You know, it's sort of like a, it's a coffee cake, but it's got that crumbled pork sausage in it. And that way you've got pretty much just a complete breakfast. You got the sweet, you got the salty, you got the porky. All you need is a hot cup of coffee with that piece of sausage cake. And um, that one's close to my heart because, you know, that used to be uh, one of Rodney's favorites. Oh, is your husband passed? That is to be determined. Oh, Oh, no. TBD. Um, You know, uh, Rodney was a long distance trucker. And uh, he might be gone on one job for like a year to two years. It was a few years back that they found his truck uh, outside of a Love's truck stop oh. in Reno, uh-huh. Nevada. Uh-huh. Um, and he was he was not in the truck. Um, so he, uh, I'll tell you what I think happened, though. And I feel I can trust you both with this. I think you know how there's early admission to college. You're you're a you're a kid who's in high school and you apply to early admission. Yeah. And they say to you, "Yeah, you know what? Go ahead." Yeah. I think there's a secret program that's like an early rapture. Oh. I think that God has decided to just take a few of us here and there because He just can't wait. He cannot yeah. wait to yeah. have these people in heaven. And what I think is because you know there's no sign of Rodney. I think he must have been early raptured. And you know what? There was one, there is one person in the Bible who was raptured, you know, never had to die. And so we know it's possible. It also could be, who knows, maybe he got a truck upgrade and he's still out on a, on a trip and he'll be home anytime. You just don't know. You know, that's true. But I think the early rapture is more likely. Probably. Because, you know, he was, he was very good about, you know, when, when he would be gone for, for a year or so at a time, he was always good about, um, you know, just sending me a sending me a quick text, you know, yeah. every now and then. You, you know, you can't text while driving, so he didn't send me a lot of texts. Sure, but mm. he would occasionally say, you know, hi. So you <laughs> oh. knew he was still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, yeah. I he's, love that. he's out there somewhere. That's I cool. used to I used to joke with him. I used to say, "What do you have another another family out there?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another family out there, and we would laugh. 
This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. I'm just looking through the flipping through the book. He, the, are, are the Rodney balls the? Is that one of? Is that are those his recipe? Is that his recipe? No, it's just a recipe that I created in honor of him. It just That's reminds cool. me of him, you know. Just these oh. sort of. Are you familiar with brown schwager? I'm oh, not. No, what's that? It's a soft liver pate, and what I do is I mix that with cream cheese, and I freeze it, and then I roll it in nuts. And I put it on a little toothpick, like a like a fun little oh, meaty, livery lollipop. Yeah, yeah. Oh. and uh, that's I save those for special occasions because I just know, you know, they, it reminds me of Rodney in a lot of ways. But but he would, I think he would have had fun with it. You know, oh. he would have, he probably would have picked them up and used a couple of them like little maracas or something. Like yeah. that. Oh, was he a fun guy? Was he kind of a funny guy? Well, he had an odd sense of humor. Uh huh. Do, do you dip Rodney's balls in anything? Because that sounds like a good uh, dip delivery vehicle. <laughs> Like I always said on Fondue Friday, anything goes. You know, <laughs> dip them in anything. Yeah. Just go ahead and dip them in anything. And that's where, uh, you know, in the Bible, we're, we're forbidden from having some adventures of the flesh, but yep. food yep. is not that's necessarily right. one of those. Right. If, you, if, you're, if you've got foods from, you know, the approved list, you can put them together in any old way that you want to, and no one's going to stop you. I love this section here where you do have healthy foods section, mm-hmm. and it is one page long, and it is basically a testimony where you you go into detail about how isn't it not really about what food you're putting in your body but it's what kind of spiritual food you're putting in your body and i think this is just an awesome thing which you're basically saying you know eating trends can come and go sometimes salty sometimes sugar is bad sometimes salt is bad etc but the one thing that never goes bad the one thing that never expires is the word of Christ. Right. And I just think that's such a great reminder to have a whole section dedicated to that. And by section, I mean page. Well, thank you for pointing that out. You know, I feel like that uh, that section, people skip over it because it is only one page. But I think it's so important to remember that if you just imagine that everything you eat is going into your body wrapped in scripture, like imagine that, that there's a tortilla made of scripture and you're just wrapping everything you eat in it. There's no way that could be unhealthy. You know, God wants the best for us. And I think that if we're pure of heart, he's going to make sure that everything that goes into our body is going to be processed correctly and come out the other end with all the bad stuff out of it, you know? Yeah, that is true. And you know what? I don't know if you were there, Lisette, this summer at my women's conference, I went to a breakout about food and faith. Mm. And it was all, and it was all females. I think it was FFF, food, faith, females. Mm -hmm. And um, how to, you know, honor God with your diet and nutrition and whatnot. And uh, 
what that what the speaker was talking about was so fascinating to me because she was convincing us that it doesn't matter what you eat it's the feeling you have when you eat it so if i were to eat a hostess ding dong one of my absolute favorites i like to take the um you know shell the chocolate shell part first i nibble it like a little rabbit so then it's just the chocolate sponge cake with the filling you know Delicious. in the roll Delicious. And I have a whole way of eating it. Same thing with a, 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 a Twinkie. I like to uh, open it up and make two little boats, you know, like little two little canoes full of cream. And, and then I and I feel like I'm getting two Twinkies instead of one, you know. But um, what what this what the speaker was saying is that if I think this is bad while I'm consuming it, then it's going to be stored as fat and it's going to be bad for me. But if I think this is delicious and it's good for me, then you know what? It doesn't affect any of my um, lipids or uh, LDLs or uh, blood pressure or anything. So it's really how you feel, not about the food, which I thought was real cool. That is exactly right. You've just got to eat your food with the proper attitude. Mm -hmm. And that is why when I go to the doctor and he says, let me check your blood pressure, you know, I say, no, thank you. I know that it is just fine. I'm not feeling any pressure coming from the inside out. I know that what I'm eating is sanctified. See? You know why? Because I went into it with the proper respect and prayer. And, you know, if I had Rodney's balls for breakfast, then that's as nutritious as someone else having their overnight oats or whatever, you uh, know, healthy uh -huh. sludge that they might yeah, yeah, be yeah. consuming. It's, it's uh, all about- Can you about have a Rodney ball for breakfast? Uh, yeah. Well, I keep a lot of Rodney balls in the freezer just in right. case because yeah. uh, it's, it's one of my favorite snacks, honestly. Um, and it reminds, like I said, sometimes I, I get- uh, well, you know, Rodney hasn't been around for a while. I'm so sure sometimes you're lonely. I, yeah. Sure. I get cheered up when I open the freezer and I see those Rodney balls in That's there. That's cool. That's so cool. I, I did notice uh, one of these uh, Butch Jarnovitz's homemade ding-dongs, which I thought this was a very uh, funny thing. It just says, go go buy a box of ding-dongs, open them up, have fun. That's just <laughs> that a funny, funny joke like uh, in that there. Because so it's probably impossible to make those. Yeah, we got, we got a whole bunch of recipes like that. This cookbook, it's not all serious, you know, it's not all serious cooking techniques techniques. Sometimes we have fun. I'm sure you've seen some of the recipes we have for a happy family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's under troughs, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, troughs. That's exactly right. Because a family is a container, a container for love. And that's why it's in the troughs section. But you take, you know, a man and a woman and a godly marriage and you uh -huh. add a couple of kids and maybe a dog and some grass for them to run in and, you know, three cups of prayer and two cups of scripture and, you know, two tablespoons of fellowship. And that's your recipe for, you can add mayonnaise if you want, but it's not part of the recipe. And you, that's your recipe for a happy family right there. And we've got all kinds of those recipes in there too, which I think are just, just fun reminders Delicious. of, of good ways to be when you're, when you're eating these other delicious I'll gobble snacks. it up. Why do you think that Indiana and, and specifically, I, I feel like we are such a hotbed for culinary innovation. And I just think, why don't people think of the Midwest when they think of, okay, maybe I'll go, you know, yes, I could go to Ibiza or I could go to Paris or, or something for food. Why don't people come here for food tourism more often? Because I just yeah. think there's such innovative stuff going on. You know what I think it is? I think it might be some people are just afraid of adventure. You know, uh -huh. they know that we're we're cooped up in our homes part of the year because it gets so ding dang cold. And during <laughs> that time, we're making all kinds of experiments. We're experimenting with flavors and we're experimenting with textures. Like I said, piles and logs. 
we've got salty, we've got sweet. Why not put it all together in one big pile or a tube or a log? And sometimes people can look at that and I think it makes them feel a little confused. They say to themselves, if I eat this, will it be sensory overload? Am I up to the challenge? And I got to say, in the Midwest, we're made of very stern stuff. We're always willing to take that plunge into, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe, okay, let's take, for example, there's a recipe that's in this current edition of the cookbook. There's a recipe that's all about getting protein and vegetables into your kid's diet, right? Sometimes you got to fool them a little bit. So the top layer is your traditional Rice Krispie treat. Awesome. The bottom layer is canned tuna. And then underneath that is a layer of cabbage. So it's like you get the kids in with the Rice Krispie treat before you know it, they've eaten a whole whole balanced dinner. And that's something that I think someone from, you know, uh, what did you say? Uh, uh, Oh, in Ibiza. Is that is that a place? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a place. Yeah. Okay. Someone from there might turn their noses up at something like that and say, "Well, gosh, I I don't even know what they eat there. I didn't know that was a place until now." But what I'm saying is, people in the Midwest they've got the time and the motivation to try these more adventurous foods, and I think that's one way in which we're very blessed. I mean, I think too. I like this recipe uh, that you had for flyover fries, which is sort of your wink to freedom fries, and I think that's also really interesting because people think Indiana, I'm just not going to go there. I'm, it's just a it's just a place underneath my airplane when I'm on my way to Los Angeles or wherever. And I think, yeah, Sick. well, flyover fries, these look amazing. I mean, you've just got, I guess this one is categorized under heaps, mounds, and piles. You can do anything with this uh, flyover fry dish. Well, that's a fun one too. I think that one's Indiana specific because what you've got there is a giant pounded flat pork tenderloin. It's basically the size of a massive dinner plate, but the fries are hiding underneath. So you get through the pork tenderloin and you're like, what? There's more under here, but this is going to take me all day. And so are you carving into sort of the mound and then on the inside, you've got the fries? You know what, Gray? I don't tell people how to eat it. I would never. I think you should just follow your heart. You look at that pork tenderloin and if you want to lift it up, you lift it. If you just want to put your face down in it, that's what you do. Maybe you nibble aside and you see a potato peeking out and you think to yourself, well, golly, I haven't had a day this good in a while. <laughs> you know, I. It's just however you feel. Lisette, I think you are more than a treat and a treasure. Uh, Lisette and I, Gray, one time we were in a Wendy drive-thru and um, mm-hmm. and Lisette notices me dipping my, my fries in my Frosty and she winked at me and said, I don't judge, I don't judge. And I said, if that is not Christ-like, I don't know what is. And then she also, we had the exact same order. Uh, we both go for that spicy uh, chicken fried sandwich there that uh, you can turn the heat up and down. But she also does fries with the Frosty but she doesn't dip it in the frosty. Lisette goes fries, then frosty, then fries. She goes. She likes to go back and forth, sweet and savory. And I just think that that's so cool that we can have that kind of diversity in the church. You know, they say we're not diverse enough. Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah, we got people who will eat their fries and shakes in all different kind of ways. And you know why? Because we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. And God has made us to eat our fries and shakes in whatever order we see fit. And we don't judge. That is the thing. We uh, Christians are known for the their love. Um, we're not about policing behavior in any way, shape, or form, uh, or judging, you know, people's behavior. We're we're warm, we're welcoming. And Lisette, speaking of men, yes. um, 
I was wondering, what's the ratio of submissions of recipes from women uh, or men? Like, do you get a lot from men? Because I know they're the leaders of the households and, you know, they're they're better at stuff than us, but they're also not well known for being in the kitchen. And so what what's that like for well, you? Right. Do men really even cook that much? I'm always trying to put the word out to get more recipes from the men of our church. And I'm so glad you brought that up. And if they're listening, get those recipes in place. <laughs> <laughs> I want them. Um, but there's usually... I, I always set their recipes aside in one special section. I don't even divide it by shapes. Yeah. I just call it foods men like. Awesome. And so it's usually just a page or two. And of course, it's like the like the recipe you mentioned earlier, where it's get a box of ding-dongs, open them up, have a good time. You know, some of them, you know, it's, it's uh, stuff about how to you know, gosh, uh, how to barbecue a hog or um, something that that makes men feel strong and accomplished. This has been just lovely, Lisette. And I've noticed you've got this a, a big platter here that Beautiful. is shrink wrapped and and uh, and has got something under it. Have you brought one of your recipes to share with with us today? Well, I think if you peel back that saran wrap and you look real close, you're going to see that the bottom layer is a layer of those famous Rodney balls oh, that I was yay! talking about. Now, those are the ones that are brown swagger and cream cheese blended together and then melded and sort of uh, rolled in, in crushed nuts. But then on top of that, I've got what I call the Rodney Rod. And that's that's in the tube section yep, of yep. the cookbook. What you do is you take a bunch of chicken gizzards and you grind them real, real fine. You mix those with breadcrumbs and some tomato paste. And then you're going to wrap that in a dough made of flour, ground ham. You're going to put some ground mustard in that. And then you're going to cover the whole thing with a banana ham glaze. Mm. So well, you have to let it sit in the fridge for at least 24 hours to set up, but then you place it on a cool grill. You let it sit in that cool grill for a while, and then you place it under the broiler for 15 minutes. And so it's labor intensive, but it's worth it. I can't wait for you guys to try this. Oh, here we go. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll try a bit here. Mm. Mm. Okay. Oh. Oh, the yeah. banana. I'm oh, really getting... Okay, you have to get a you have to get a bite of the ball with the rod. You oh, have okay. to eat it together. Oh, this is oh, <laughs> you got to oh. eat them together. Mm. And get some of that sauce. Don't forget the mm. sauce. Yeah. If food is just a vehicle for sauce to me. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I just want to get any kind of the oh, this sauce is good. The banana too. really comes through. Yeah. Yeah. I really love a sauce nice. that's banana forward, especially with something like ham. It's a taste of the tropics. Well, and when I Rodney comes back, I'm sure he will love to have this. And I'm sure and it's nice to see you use the dust and particulate uh again in a recipe because you know it's not just a section of the book, it's used throughout the other shapes too. And I feel like, you know what, Parmesan is a dust and particulate too when it's grated up. And um, you know, when you're putting a dust on your food, it doesn't add calories. So I say that's a win. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I'm just getting a little it's just so nice. To see someone else enjoying the Rodney balls and the Rodney Rod is just when sometimes I'm just eating them all alone in my house, you know. Oh, yeah. But oh, I so think Rodney good. would be so tickled to know that someone else is enjoying these recipes that are based on him. And oh. I wonder if somewhere, wherever he is, if he's up in if he's up in heaven, if he if he has been pre-raptured, like I believe, I wonder if he could he could sort of feel it. He could feel that someone's down here eating the Rodney balls. Oh, you know? Yeah. And so when he's looking down and he could he just knows. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I bit a bit of bone here in the Rodney Rod. Uh, let me see that. No, that's just cartilage.
Lisette Brussels was played by Zabeth Russell. Oh, I just love her. Follow her at that Zabeth. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>